This is the Cantos Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 6, Episode 1. Creating a Global Mindset, Iceland. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast and welcome to a brand new season. Can you believe it? We're into season six, season six of the podcast. Amazing, exciting times. So I'd like to say a huge thank you to our sponsor. They are the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass Session. They have world-class people from business and life who are really good at what they do. And they give these online Masterclasses and you can watch them. You can watch the recordings. You can ask them questions live. They're fantastic. So click on the link in the show notes if you'd like to book yourself on the next one. And all throughout the season, we've got a competition. So if you enjoy these podcasts, just send me a quick email to michael at catalyst.co.uk or comment on any of the social medias that we post the podcast links on. What are some things that you enjoy about it? What can we do to make it even better? And you'll be entered into a competition and you'll get a chance to win a whole year's subscription to the Masterclass sessions, plus watch all of the previous recordings completely free. And the last competition uh, winner was Mike Morgan. And I know he's very excited to be watching all the sessions. And also I've got a brand new book out at the moment. It is called Loving Leadership. So if you're a leader and someone who's interested in trying to demonstrate love and kindness and integrity and show good stuff towards your people, just click on the link in the show notes and you can get yourself a copy of that. So I'd like to start this brand new season with a massive thank you to my friend Cesar. So one of the best things I like about this podcast and about making these episodes for you is that it all comes from you. If you remember, this whole idea for having a podcast was not mine. It came from a friend of mine and she said, you should do a podcast, I'd listen to it. So when I was thinking of new ideas for the new season, of course, I reached out to people who who enjoy the podcast and who listen to it. And Cesar came up with a really good idea and he said, I love your stories, Mike. And I love when you're talking about when you're traveling and he mentioned how I'd I'd mentioned Poland. And why don't you do something around that? And I thought that's a really good idea. So what we're going to do in this season is it's all about how to cultivate what I'm calling a global mindset, an awareness of the world, an awareness of different countries, different types of people, and how that can help you in your business and also how that can help you in your life. If you think about the global pandemic of covid We were all forced into this global awareness, whether we like it or not. Something that happened in one part of the world affects something else, and we're all drawn into this. So I've realised over the past kind of seven, eight years, maybe even longer really, I've cultivated this awareness and love for different countries and different people and what they can teach me. And my vision for Cataholus is very much global. I'm in the UK but most people that enjoy this podcast aren't in the UK. So how do you actually cultivate an ability to be like that? Because we don't really learn it in school. And so this season, I'm going to be trying to help you with that through talking about some of my travels, different countries, ways of opening your mind, how to learn from other people and how to collaborate with them. And you might think, okay, but why would you do that? Well, it's really simple. Um, For your success as a leader and as a professional in business and as a human being, There are now 8 billion of us, 8 billion people on the planet. That's the most that there's ever been in human history. And the number just keeps going up. And my question to you, an open-ended question is, have you got a plan for that? How do you handle that? How do you handle that in your business? How do you handle that in your relationships? As soon as you go online or step outside your front door, you will be encountered by (laughs) thousands and millions and billions of strangers and people that you don't know. 
And if you have a global mindset and awareness of different countries, different people, then it's just normal. And it's something that's actually very empowering because you can then start tapping into scale and abundance and what I call the global family, that idea that we have one family, I believe, just one family, just 8 billion members of it. So I'd highly recommend it's something worth cultivating because think about the alternative. The alternative is that you focus on your small area, your locale, your country, and that's fine. But what if there's a massive change to it? What if there's a massive change to your business? What if there's a massive change to the company, the people that normally buy from you? You know, or you suddenly get people from a different country or a different demographic of people interested in your stuff. So hopefully it can help you to tap into abundance, to tap into interconnectedness and interdependence. And also it's really cool because I'd say two thirds of the best times of my life have come when I mean, when I've been in different countries and learning from different people. So hopefully that sounds good. That sounds exciting. And let's go. So each episode I'll be touching on a different country that I've been to. That's how I'm making this. 18 different countries and eight of them on my own. And I, I'm going to be reflecting on not telling you kind of necessarily what I did while I was there, but what it taught me, what it taught me in relation to how it helped my business, what it taught me to help me in relation to being a leader and what it taught me in relation to just being a human being, just a member of the, the 8 billion family. And hopefully one of those things will be really helpful to you and you can learn from my mistakes and learn from what I've experienced, and you might think, yeah, I'm going to do a bit of that, or I've never really thought of it that way. So we're going to start with the most recent country that I went to, an incredible time, and I went to Iceland. Now, I'll start by showing my ignorance. I didn't even know what Iceland was on a map. I thought it was near Norway and Denmark and Sweden. I thought it was a you know, Scandinavian collection of countries. It's really not. <laughs> it's off to, like, the... Um, the west, the northwest from the UK, it's closer to Greenland and getting towards America. So that was the first thing. I didn't I didn't realise where I was actually going to. And I had a few days in Iceland and it's incredible. And I travel on my own at the moment. I travel on my own. I enjoy travelling on my own. So that's the first thing you might want to think about. Um, do you travel on your own? Have you ever tried that? Another thing that I want to really affirm and trying to encourage you with during these episodes is to get out there and meet people and go out in the world. We've all been very scared. We've all been very boxed away over the last few years. And it's very easy to stay in your house. It's very easy to not go out, to not make the effort, to not go to the thing, think, oh, I'll just go to the online version. No, I'd encourage you to get out there, get beyond the screen, yeah? Get beyond Zoom, get beyond Teams, get beyond social media, get back out into the world. And I was quite scared when I started doing that again. And as I've, you know, kept going, it's gotten easier. So the first lesson and the first amazing thing that Iceland taught me was that the landscape, where you live, the physical land, it does shape you as a person. So in Iceland, it's volcanic rock. And so it's incredible. Like, for example, they have moss growing over the volcanic rock and you're told, don't step on the moss because it takes decades to grow. And if you step on it, it can ruin it and it'll take decades to grow back. And so straight away, the, there's almost like a sacredness, like specialness to anything that grows in these pretty harsh conditions in some way. But the landscape in Iceland is incredible. There's these incredible, like, um, there's all hot water running underneath um, the, the land. And then they have incredible waterfalls. And they have darkness, so much darkness in the winter. So much darkness. But in the summer, they have 17 hours of sunlight. And I was saying to the people, you know, is that not a bit weird for you? And they're like, 
No, not really. And there's a hardiness to that because the weather can be very brutal in Iceland. But there were certain moments where I was just staring at, you know, say the waterfall, this incredible waterfall, or the geishas, the, the geysers, sorry, that spout these hot water, boiling water out of the ground. And it reminded me of one of my favorite writers who's called John O'Donoghue. So if you're interested in exploring how land, physical landscape and forests and mountains and trees can change you and, and move you as a person, check out the work of John O'Donoghue. He used to describe outside as like the great sacrament, the great part, the heart. He used to say he lived in the south of Ireland and he said how he, in love he was with the land. And that's definitely something that I took from my early days when I used to go to North Wales. Just being shaped by that landscape. You know, if you live in the city, you're shaped in a certain way. If you live out in the country, you're shaped in another way. So firstly, I could see how the landscape shaped these people in Iceland and that, that, that you know, it's not just a place where you walk upon the ground. It does shape you. You know, imagine if you're looking at waterfalls regularly, what's that going to do to you as a person? Yeah. Imagine if you're going out in the dark all the time, what's that going to do for you as a person? One of the interesting things I learned from that was when the ladies at the reception hotel, she was telling me they love stories. They love people coming from different countries and and sharing stories. And I had one moment where one of my um, my tickets was was drenched by the water for this excursion I was going on. She said, oh, that reminds me of a story. And she said about a thief who stole all this money and put all these pennies into his boots and ran away into the forest. And when he got to his home, he had no money left because it had all fallen out of his boots. <laughs> you know, and I could hear in that how stories have become so important. Because you can imagine, can't you, if it's dark in the winter, you want to sit around listening to stories. So that first aspect is really powerful, that the landscape can shape you as a person. And there's incredible landscape in Iceland. If you want to see natural wonders, definitely go and and see and just stare at it. And maybe just you don't even have to go to Iceland to just do that today in your own land where you live. And just go and have a look at that and go, wow. Just have a look at trees and have a look at forests and have a look at wherever you're living. And just think about that and think, has that shaped me as a person? Do I live in a harsh climate? Am I a harsh person? Um, something to think about. The second lesson that I was definitely taught repeatedly by the people of Iceland, which I think is really useful for business, is how they approach problem solving. And every time there was a problem or an issue, they're very calm. They're very friendly, they're very pragmatic and also slightly quirky. So I remember even as I went through the passport control and the person at passport control said, hi, why are you here? And I've never been asked that. And I went, I'm, uh, I'm visiting, you know, sightseeing. He went, oh, good, have a good time. And it was just little things like that. And so anytime there was a problem with my, say, if I was going on a trip and it got cancelled or it got changed, it got sorted. But especially people at the hotel, but also people on the excursions or people I spoke to in museums or just people that worked in shops, they all had this very calm way. I didn't say anybody get really angry or very frustrated. They were very friendly about it. Not overly friendly, but very friendly. Very pragmatic. They were like, right, this is how we're going to do it. But also slightly quirky. You know, they had a bit of fun while they did it. We had some good laughs. And I was speaking to a German lady and she told me she'd emigrated five years ago and how welcoming they were and how people in Iceland will give you a chance. They'll trust you. They'll be open to it, you know. And so I'll give you an example of how that was sorted. I had multiple excursions, trips, you know. 
and a lot of the the tourism in Iceland is based on upon, around the weather. And I'll, I'll come into this in a minute. The weather is is all over the place in Iceland. It can change a lot. And some of my trips had to be cancelled because of the weather. And I was thinking about that from a business point of view. I was thinking, is that not really going to in you know really damage the amount of money they make? And then I realised no, because what they do is they just reorganise the trips because it's so normal for them. It's not kind of like a problem like that's unusual. They just find a way. So for example, I was due to see some whales and go on a whale watching trip and it got cancelled and I was absolutely gutted about that. I was like, oh, oh well. But of course they managed to redo it and I, and I got to see it on the final day. And it's something that runs through a lot of the tourism in, in Iceland. It's dependent on the climate. And if the climate is going to be volatile and changing all the time, then they've got to have ways of doing it. And I, I listened carefully when they had like the bus conductors and all the people picking each other up and all the tour companies knew each other and they talked to each other. Because think about it, they've got the consistent everyday changing from hour to hour, sometimes between minutes. And I was listening while I was being picked up and they're on this, this comm system. One lady was saying, nope, uh, this person's left his bag. I can go back and get it. Are you at that hotel? Can you help me with this? And they're all kind of working interdependently. It was fascinating. It wasn't like, no, this this company and, you know, you've booked with this company, so we can't help you. So that was really, really interesting because what's one of the biggest problems at the moment is volatility, isn't it? Um, the unpredictability of change. And so I took great inspiration from thinking, yeah, if I'm just calm and friendly with people, very pragmatic because people want their problem sorting, trying to have some fun along the way and setting up systems that have a bit of wiggle room so it doesn't have to be one particular way because if you get a curveball you have to be able to roll with it you know and you have to be able to adapt it and all all the way through they very much gave the vibe of it will get sorted it will get sorted so for example you know the day before a trip or the day before you're being picked up you have to ring just to confirm but again you're thinking well what if they don't turn up and they said well we'll ring and we'll make sure it gets sorted for you so that was really, really interesting to pay attention to the way that they solve problems. Really, really interesting. The third thing that I definitely learned, and I've learned this in all my travels, is how important preparation is, right? <laughs> preparation in business, preparation if you've got a meeting coming up, preparation if you've got, you know, trying to win a new client, and to know where you're ignorant, to know what you don't know. So I was very much humbled by the, wed uh, the weather in Iceland. So if you've never been to Iceland, the weather, you can get all four seasons in one day. You can get snow, wind, rain and sun, darkness and despair and blazing sunshine all in one day. Now I'm in the UK and generally you can look at, say, the clouds and go, it's going to rain. And then once it's raining, it's probably going to rain for a bit. Or you can see the difference in showers and sunshine and showers or... You know, you can you can tell there's a vibe to it and it will change, but it's pretty it's pretty predictable. If it's a miserable day, it can change, but over maybe a slower period of time, not that way in Iceland. You can look out at, you know, the darkest dark and in 10 minutes it can be light and it can be pouring with rain and in 10 minutes it can completely stop. Or all of a sudden a wind can just come out of nowhere or some sun or some snow. And I remember it's my penultimate day and I, I experienced all four seasons in one day. It was mad. It started out being very dark and then it brightened up and then it was lovely sunshine and then it snowed and then it was really wet and then it got really windy towards the end of the day. So the point I'm making is I had to have all sorts of clothing. I had to have, you know, I had a balaclava, which was amazing, by the way. If you're in windy weather, don't get a hat, get a balaclava. And it just showed me just how ignorant I was of the weather and how ignorant I was 
as you know a visitor in their country. So that's something to just keep in mind that you can't read the map of the territories if you're not from that place. So for example, I remember um, one of my trips got cancelled, but the weather was really good all day. And I thought, oh, it's supposed to be at night. It will just carry on being really nice at night. And it didn't. It was horrible. And all the people that you know cancelled the trip were right and I was wrong. So that's something to always think about. Be prepared, you know, whether you're being prepared to go out for the weather, being prepared for all eventualities, because knowing where you're ignorant can be really helpful because obviously um, you can rely on the help of others. And another one is to help you if you're ever feeling impatient. You know, if you're traveling, if you're doing things, it's easy to feel impatient. Like, come on, I want this thing. I want this thing now. Same in business. I want this now. Come on, I want this thing. And time is different in different countries. And what, going back to the landscape for a minute, nature can help if you're feeling impatient. Because when I looked at that waterfall and when I went into the city of Reykjavik and I looked at all the different shops and all the different ways and, and Iceland's an old country right it's got history going back over a thousand years I had this thought that I've only had in the last couple of countries I've visited which was all of this was here before me and all of this is going to be here after me huh I'm just visiting and that was really really helpful for me when I was encountering impatience because like well what are you being impatient about you're only here for a bit you know and that really helped me in relation to my business because there was a time before my business and there'll be a time after my business. There was a time before I was alive. There'll be a time after that. And the world will carry on. And that helped me to relax and take pressure off my shoulders and to see these things. I was in London last week. I was thinking the same thing. Look at all these buildings that are still going to be there when I'm gone. It does something to your perception of time. and really helps. So if you want to do some, something like that, just look at something really old like a waterfall or a tree. It depends on your definition of old. Most things are really old. And just let it seep into how you think about time and let it allow the pressure to kind of fall off your shoulders. And the final thing which I'd highly recommend in any travel, but also in any opportunity that you get, is to go beyond kind of the surface level. So I went into Reykjavik several times. They have this beautiful street and there's all these little eateries and cafes. It's great. But when you go, you've been one day, you tend to think, well, I've been there, I've done that. But you haven't. And I went back a second, a third. I went back four times to the same area. But each time I searched for something different. And on my last time in, I went into one of the art museums. And I discovered the, the Icelandic artist, Ero, E-R-R-O. Check him out. He does these incredible things with collage and pop art. And he is an artist living in Paris now, and he's 90. And he donated over 700 of his works to this exhibition of his work. And I fell in love with his work. It's wallpaper on my phone now. I love it. Now, if I hadn't made the effort to go into that art exhibition, I wouldn't have seen that. So the final thing it's taught me, definitely, especially in Iceland, was to go beyond the surface, go beyond just the tourist traps, go beyond the things that you think you've seen in your life. Go a bit deeper. Go searching for the things the locals do. Go searching for the art. Go looking for what the people had to say. I went to a punk museum. They had a, a museum as well, down some steps downstairs about punk music in Iceland. It's brilliant. And if I hadn't gone there, and made the effort, I wouldn't have found Ero. And now I absolutely love his stuff and I've taken his stuff to my heart. Incredible. So I hope that's been helpful for you in this first episode where we're thinking about having a global mindset, being aware of different countries, different ways of doing things, and how that travel can open your mind, you can learn from other people, you can collaborate with them. And I found that it helps to discover and add a little part of yourself that you wouldn't have found otherwise. It's, it's beautiful. I highly recommend going to Iceland. It's a gorgeous country, beautiful people. 
So the landscape can shape you as a person. How they approach problem solving, very calm, pragmatic, bit quirky. Be prepared and be aware of how you're ignorant, like I was. If you feel impatient, just look at something that's really old. It helps with that pressure. And maybe try and go beyond the surface. Look that little bit deeper at the culture and what people have to say about life. So until we talk again, and I'll have a brand new country for you, another episode, just remember two things. Just take something from today, one of those five lessons I've learned. Maybe you've learned a similar one and try applying it. See if it helps you in your business, in your life, in your relationships. And even if you don't, just know that right now, one person out of eight billion, (laughs) somebody loves you just the way that you are. Okay? Take care. And speak soon. got some random positive facts here about Iceland. It's incredible. Did you know that there is only one type of horse in Iceland that's been there for nearly a thousand years and it lives outside all the time when they don't allow other types of horses in because they don't want to interfere with the breeding of the horse? That was fascinating. Um, what else can I say about Iceland? There's so many things. The language is not a dialect of another language. It's a language in itself. And the final thing I'd say, I found out that Reykjavik, which is a place that I went to, means smoky or steamy bay because it's a bay area. And then you have all of the steam running underneath the land. How beautiful is that?